we're a tripod and the only way it stands is if we all work together. So if there's the educator, the parent and the student is also held accountable, then they're going to excel. Hello, this is Epicenter NYC. We connect our communities to news, information, and each other. I'm your host today, Nicole Perino, the founder of Bronx Mama and editor of The Unmuted. You might have seen me in your socials sharing ideas for activities with your children and talking about other hot topics. I'm joined today by Alexandra Bias, a Queens girl repping PS 148, IS 145, Francis Lewis High School, and Queens College. She's an early childhood intervention expert, an educator who teaches K-8 special education, and a mom of a tween and teenager. Earlier this summer, if you caught it, we talked about what teachers think that parents can do to help help kids prepare for back to school. And rather than some of the more educational topics, they actually focus on uh, some of the biggest responses were working on manners, respect, and self-control. So Alexandra, let's dive into this. What are your thoughts? Hi, Nicole uh, and Epicenter. Thank you for having me. Uh, I completely agree um, from what I've seen specifically after the pandemic, specific behaviors just exhibiting in the classroom, the lack of manners, uh, following directions, even the way that students are socially interacting with each other or not socially interacting with each other. So it makes it adds a different level of stress as an educator because they are several of them so far behind because of what happened. And you're trying to focus in on their academic academic strides, but there's all these other components as well. Behaviors in the classroom, lack of respect for other students as well as for the teacher. And this is starting really early on. Um, I do K to eighth and I see these behaviors in kindergarten coming in, uh, sometimes aggression, and a lot of it, I think, was the lack of routine when they weren't in school and they were online. Got it. Yeah, that was the question I was going to ask. Did you see a big difference after the pandemic? Oh, definitely. I think it's been trickling, and it's it's been years where you see things, these behaviors exhibiting, but after the pandemic, you saw a drastic difference in the way kids are just socializing. You know, we talked about some things that parents can work on throughout the summer, but now that we've got, you know, next week we're back to school. I mean, what are some things you think that we can start implementing, you know, starting today just to work better with teachers and then throughout the school year that we can kind of get back on track with this? As a mom and an educator, I'm super big on routines and just having conversations prior to even establishing the routine. So kind of kids know what's expected of them. And sometimes we think the kids are just going to know and they're, they've been doing this for years. I have, he's in third, fourth grade, but these are routines that teachers have to teach every single year. And it, it's so helpful if the parents started at home and you can kind of see that in the classroom when parents are actually trying to establish these routines. And I know, I know it's hard. I have a teenager and a tween. Um, and for them, it's mostly the technology. Okay, well, now you can't be on the phone the whole day. <laughs> you can't be uh, watching TV all day because you're, you're going back to school now. And my kids are going to be so mad that I'm saying this, but like I have <laughs> um, uh, safeguards on their phone where they can only be on social media a specific amount of time or their phone will shut off at their bedtime. And that's not for everybody. Some some 
kids don't need it, but we're a tripod. And the only way it stands is if we all work together. So if there's the educator, the parent, and the student is also held accountable, then they're going to excel. I really like that. Yeah. And I agree. I know me, myself, having a 17-year-old and 11-year-old, I see, you know, when they were younger, I was very much with the routine. And, and I can say just from them getting older, it kind of, you know, sometimes you feel like, all right, they got this. I don't necessarily have to be so involved. And then especially with uh, the remote learning, they did become pretty independent. And so you do kind of feel like, okay, they've got this. Um, so that's why I, I agree it's important to, you know, stay in touch with the teacher, make sure they're on track. You know, I heard so many parents that they were finding out that their kids were missing assignments and things like that because they just assumed everything was online and they were good. So I can definitely see how, you know, just the pandemic and technology really affected that. And like I said, going into with high school, I have a senior and I see the difference between parent involvement with, you know, the PTAs, the meetings, you know, so many parents show up for the the younger students. And I think by high school, they kind of think, you know, the students got it. And I think, you know, every kid is different. My teenager, she is a total night owl and I have to get on her, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. And then my 11 year old, she wakes up uh, naturally at 6 a.m. and no alarm needed. So I think every kid is different too, which is really important to to acknowledge. And I, and I love that point that you made that every child is different. Um, for myself, my eldest, I really don't have to set those parameters as much. She'll do it herself. She'll put herself to sleep at early and I'm surprised, you know, she's 16. Um, but then that was like a long time of her establishing the routines where it kind of became her own. Um, and that's something that like for parents establishing these routines, eventually they own their, their own routine. They know they're good. They might have to go to sleep early, but then you have students where you have to be a little more involved in terms of even showing them how to navigate where to check their work. And if it was submitted, I've had so many students tell me, Oh, I thought I submitted it, but they just uploaded something wrong. And the parents don't know where to navigate. So keeping that, conversation open with the teachers. Like, how do I do this? How do I navigate this platform? I, I may not know how to do it. And again, just like children are different. So are parents, everyone has a different level of understanding with technology and it is very different than how we learned. So being involved with them as well as having these conversations with them. But I love that. Like all, all kids are different. All kids have different needs and it, it's a lot for us to kind of gauge what they need from us but it makes a huge impact in their education. For myself, my little one, she just finished sixth grade. Her transition to middle school was rough for the both of us. <laughs> it was very difficult for her to kind of own her own education in terms of, okay, now I have six different teachers and everyone has different expectations of me. Um, so even having those conversations with them when they're going to transition to middle school, to college, to high school, it's going to change. It's not going to be one teacher who's going to nurture you and kind of take care of all your emotional needs anymore. Now you're going to have to kind of adapt to six different personalities um, and, and standards pretty much. Absolutely. I know, you know, that was a point that I used to make to my teenager when she was younger. I said there was one year, maybe there was a teacher that she really uh, 
it was probably her least favorite teacher, let's say. And I said, you know what? I think it's it's good. You need to have some teachers that are not necessarily your cup of tea, but because you're you're going to learn in, in the real world that, you know, everyone is different. You have to learn pers- different personalities. You know, some teachers just loved her because she had this, you know, fun personality. And this one was about the business. Like, I don't care how funny you are, how cute you are. If you didn't do something, you know, that you were supposed to be doing, I'm going to call you out on it. And I think it kind of caught her off guard, but I think it was good for her. And, you know, when you were saying about parents not knowing certain things, I think that's important too, because kids know what they can get away with if parents don't know how to check that they submitted something on time. And I think a lot of parent coordinators at schools host, you know, workshops to help parents navigate different technologies, especially during the pandemic. There was so many workshops for parents to learn you know, just even how to navigate Google Classroom or to get on Zooms and things like that. So I think that's important to parents to, you know, to learn to advocate for themselves and then they can teach the kids how to advocate. But uh, speaking of going to high school and transitions and stuff like that, I know we both have uh, high schoolers, so they'll be going through the college process soon. Is there anything that you can kind of recommend as far as going into the school year, what should be happening in the fall? for college prep and things like that? Uh, Well, I know there's a lot of SAT prep, SAT talk, like talking about the SATs or even the pre-SATs when they're uh, in 11th grade. Um, Just, again, that open communication. What is something, like, what are your thoughts on college? Like, what what are you, do you, are you looking to go away? Um, Are you looking to stay local? Just a dialogue um, and then kind of setting things up like, okay, are we look, we're going to look into, if we're going to look into scholarships, let's, let's make a list. Let's try and organize ourselves so that they know that they're involved in this process. Cause that's it. They're, they're going to college. You're going to be adults and these open dialogues of that's it. You're, you're going to be an adult, even when you're filling out applications, which they may not have done before. It's like, a, it's very new to all of them. How do you think? you find balance between being there for your child and, and, and making sure everything is done, but also teaching them kind of how to be independent and advocating for themselves. I think releasing the reins might be the most difficult part of parenting. We always want to be kind of catching them when they fall or just ahead of the game and trying to be there for them. But it's something that's needed. There, there are going to be adults and we're not going to be there for them always. Um, releasing the reins kind of like if, this week we're going to look for scholarships. I need you to come up with a list and go looking at the schools. Like when are they hosting open houses? Show them, do a couple, and then they can do a couple. For myself, that's one of the hardest things for me because I'm like super, I'm a little bit of a micromanager, <laughs> but I have to, I know that my kids need to be able to do it on their own. They need to be able to complete an application, even knowing they're social. Absolutely. And I did see a difference, you know, even with my oldest and my youngest uh, kids older that don't know how to tie shoes, things like that. Are those things that you think that used to be because I remember when I was in kindergarten, that was something we learned kind of in school. I don't know if my mom taught me or if that was just at school we practiced things like that. Do you think it's changing because the school's not teaching them anymore or you know, what's going on with that? I, I do think it's schools are becoming so much more academic. It's all about the academic. And many times that nurture is, is lost in the, in the mix. I taught first grade for many years and several students didn't know how to tie their shoe. And that 
was an expectation for us not to do it for them. Like that's something that was kind of expected to be taught at home. But again, I remember it was taught to me at school. So I think school is changing. They're expected to read at much younger age, understand, comprehend all of these things that I know I was not doing at their, at the age that they're doing it now. Um, so that, that has changed a great deal. So parents need to be even more, I feel so involved in terms of that nurturing component, the modeling, just, you know, manners. Sometimes teachers are, they have to teach routines. And before I remember, I used to teach manners and, and being kind. And sometimes that's lost to the academics. I agree. And to your point, just about the things that are lost now, because academics are taking over in terms of just parents who are just starting out, putting their kids into daycares and preschools. I know some choose, you know, specific programs because they feel it's more, you know, learn through play and things like that. What's your thoughts? Um, I'm an advocate of learning through play. Um, I was a therapist and um, did a lot of ABA, a lot of play therapy. Uh, When I taught preschool, it was all thematic and all learned through play. And I, I love to teach that way. And I think children flourish because it's developmentally appropriate. And sometimes the academic component at such young ages really isn't developmentally appropriate. It's just expected of them. For me, I looked for a school that in kindergarten, they still had a little kitchen because I know now kindergarten, they they don't have playtime. I played in kindergarten, but as a parent, I mean, my kids are older, but I would definitely look at schools that learn thematically through play. They're still kids. And when they're babies, they're still babies. Yeah, I think it's, you know, figuring it out, you know, the entire process is, is, it's not easy. And I think, you know, we just kind of learn as we go. And like we said, kids are, they're individuals, and we can kind of see what's best for each child. I know my oldest, I will say she's very independent. I allowed her to start taking the bus, just a few blocks, uh, maybe in middle school. And now my youngest is going into middle school and I can't imagine when I'm going to let her even walk to the corner. And my oldest even gets on me sometimes and says, mom, you have to start letting Gia do things for herself. Yeah. And there's no blueprint. There's no book that tells you this is just a definitive way of doing it because we're different. Our kids are different and you can't do it the same each time because each kid is different. <laughs> but involvement and communication is is the key. Like if I don't know something, I, I only know what I know, but we can figure it out together. Absolutely. I agree. And as far as parents, what are ways that we can support each other too? I mean, do you belong to any like Facebook groups or do you just have your, your tribe that you already kind of talk to, you know, about parenting with? I, I'm super fortunate that I have like a huge tribe of people who, even whether they're parents or not, they're just like my moral support. They've been always there for my kids, but definitely now with social media, I join a lot of groups. Like now that my daughter's going to college, it's like the group of parents whose kids are going to college, the group of parents whose kids are going to her high school, just to kind of be in the know of what's going on um, in the school itself and what my next step should be because I've never had a child who is going to college. So I'm learning as I'm going. And there now there's just so many resources. There's so many groups. Um, and I think they're super helpful because you kind of see that everyone is going through that same struggle, but we're just, we're trying to do the best we can for our kids. I truly believe it takes a village. 
Agreed. I was just going to say, as far as the village, I know people talk a lot about the village no longer existing, but I think there's a lot of us who still create our own village, whether it be our tribe or joining these groups. You know, I think that's huge for, for parenting because I know I, like you said, there's no blueprint. And, you know, a lot of us are coming from, you know, either childhoods where we, there's things we wish we could have, you know, our parents could have done differently. And I think it, it, we're all learning together and I think we shouldn't be, you know, hard on each other. I think we should support each other. And uh, so I definitely agree. You know, I think that's even what Epicenter is about is, you know, creating that village for, for everyone. So I know a lot of parents, you know, not everyone is in the same position financially. And so the great thing is that there's all kinds of uh, resources and you know, free and low cost activities, events, resources for families. And I think, you know, just making sure that you are subscribed to the right places to be able to find out about those things. I mean, around this time of year, you'll see plenty of backpack giveaways, school supply giveaways. There's also a lot of schools who have free after school programs. I know, for example, at my daughter's school, there's uh, the National Junior uh, Tennis League. They do a free after school program for middle schoolers. I've also taken advantage of the parks department. They had, you know, free swimming lessons. I've put both my kids in. They've also done tennis with the City Parks Foundation, things like that. So, you know, there's definitely, you know, I know that's New York and I'm sure you have a lot of activities and things like that to take advantage of by you. I don't know if there's any other places you think parents should look for free and low cost resources and activities. I would say the school is key to ask of what programs they have. The parent coordinators I know are like full of, of, you know, knowledge of where they can go, um, parks and recreations, and even (laughs) social media, (laughs) social media. They are look for events in your neighborhood, events in your area. Some are free. A lot of them are free. Absolutely. I mean, every weekend there's events going on all over the city, you know, right. Like I said, right now, there's probably some last minute back to school giveaways and things this weekend. So definitely parents should be looking out for that. And overall, I'm just really happy we had, you know, this great conversation. I think we touched on a few different topics and, you know, overall, I think for me, the takeaway is just, you know, one, making sure that we're involved, we're, we're talking to the teachers, we're seeing, you know, what, we need to do overall, but also what we need to do specifically for our children and, and be okay to take that feedback about our kids and, and go from there. And then also, you know, like we said, just taking advantage of having, you know, the village, the tribe and, and working together. So that's, you know, something I, I took from this conversation. No, it was a pleasure speaking to you. Biggest takeaways. I love that it takes a village and the village is just different for everyone. Not everyone's village is the same. Um, that again, the tripod of when your kids are in school, if you want that tripod to stand, it has to be the three, the educator, the parent, and the student. They also have to be held accountable. And we don't know it all. We only know what we know. But uh, as long as our children's best interest is in, in the forefront, and we look for these avenues, even for help, and we are involved, you, we see as an educator, I see it. From the students you see it in these students and eventually those routines all those conversations are going to be their own that's all for today for more topics and resources to navigate the school year subscribe to the unmuted and to our other newsletters at epicenter-nyc.com 
Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting us as we do our best to support our community. We couldn't do it without you. Our intro music is All the Pretty Horses by Caravica. You can find more of their music on their website, linked in our podcast description.